0: favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show with of course a side of Declan Goff. Hello Declan. That's the
1: best side there is my friend. Oh no question
0: about it. No question about it. I am your extra attacker. I'm an ancillary part of a show that my name is on because it's got a side of Declan. All right we've been going through a multitude of scenarios and questions in uh recent weeks because we know that the wild is going to play Vancouver if they play a qualifying round, if the playoff f- format really does start. But there's been no news, despite the uh, spike again of COVID-19 throughout the country, Declan, there's been no news to indicate that the National Hockey League is not going to continue on this plan. So what I want to introduce today, Declan Goff, oh, yeah. is a series of, of wild-related would-you-rathers, a couple of questions, and finally, I want to go through all of the qualifying series and not make official predictions, but just ask who you would like to see win. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes, it does. So so it doesn't have to be a breakdown. It just has to be who you prefer to win. Okay. Okay. My first wild would-you-rather question on this episode of Judd's Hockey Show is this one. Would you prefer to have Dubnik and or Staloc? so let's say one gets hot, Yeah. stand on their head and help the Wild make a playoff run, or play how they usually play, which in Dubnik's case for 2019-20 was not good. Stalock's case was okay. Um, but if they if they do that, that's going to indicate to GM Billy Guerin that it's probably time to go out and try to find or identify a new number one goaltender. And if they play well, you might get fooled and come back at the start of 2021 and be like, hey, look how well Stalock or Dubnik played, and now he can take the reins and that might lead to some problems. So is your preference some type of playoff run behind a hot goaltender who you definitely had questions about going into the break or for them just to play their normal style? You might beat the Canucks. You might not. But the indication is the Wild needs to go identify a new number one goalie.
1: So I'm in the camp of actually I'd rather have them play well for a playoff series and possibly a potential playoff run because I don't think – even if let's say it's Stalock or Dubnik that play completely out of their head and and carry the wild to a imaginary Western Conference finals, um, I don't think Bill Guerin will be silly enough to one extend those two. I think if anything, it'll just delay the process of trying to go out and yeah. reaching for a number one goalie and Judd, there's been some Matt Murray steam I keep seeing around. He unfollowed the Penguins on Instagram. Oh, we got a Stefan Diggs situation, what the don't hell we? That- It means nothing. I get it, but what does it mean? It means nothing. There's so many... Judd, I know you're new to Instagram, but there's so many accounts that I just unfollow that... You know, if I unfollow Score North, does that mean I'm leaving? Like, it doesn't mean anything. Okay. So, I would actually prefer one of those two to stand on their head because, number one, I think that'd be good for the Wild to make a good playoff run and get Buzz back in the door and, and make things more marketable for free agents. But I also think it doesn't matter because Bill Guerin's not going to be a dummy. He's not going to lock someone up just because they played well for six weeks. I don't think he would. Six weeks is a long time to play well, though, man. man. It might change some thinking. Very true. I I don't think. I think it would be more. um, I think the chances of Dubnyk playing well and him getting extended are greater than Staylock because Staylock is on a dirt cheap contract where Dubnyk is entering his UFA season starting in the 19, excuse me, yeah, the 2021 season. So the next regular season is Dubnyk's last year of his contract. So that would help Dubnyk's case. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think Garen's dumb enough to give a 36-year-old a new multi-year contract. So I, I just want one of them to stand on their head and play well for him.
0: I don't. I want them to play how they ordinarily <laughs> play because here's what I want at the outset of training camp when it does start, if and when it does start for the 2021 season. I want Kakinen to get every chance to be the top goaltender for this team. And I realize that there might be three goaltenders and I realize it might get dicey, but I really think that it's time to, to try and identify a clear cut top goaltender. That being said, I don't think there's any way, shape or form unless I'm missing something totally here, Declan Goff, that um, Staylock is that guy. I think Staylock is a really solid backup and, and look, Stalock was playing more games than Dubnik, and he deserved to. Yeah. So I have no problem with how, and in fact, I encouraged it, with how Stalock was being used before the uh, stoppage in play in March. All of that being said, for the future of this franchise, I want them to start to grind through goaltenders and try and identify one as the, the top goaltender. And I think Capo deserves that first chance. Yeah. And I don't know how that shakes out if you can then trade Doomnik, um, if he accepts a trade, how you do that. But um I just I just fear if Doomnik comes back and he plays well and they win a playoff or they, they win the qualifying round and a playoff series, there's gonna be this, oh man, he's back. And I d do, I don't trust that. And so it's not that it wouldn't be fun to see them have success, but I think for the greater good of where this franchise is going, I really want them to move on as far as goaltending
1: goes. And again, I maybe this COVID situation changes the salary cap like you and I talked about last week, but Murray's had Murray had a down year this season like he kind of came down to earth pretty hard, but I got to imagine a team looking for a goaltender and a goalie who's 26 possibly on the open market. He's going to want dough. He's going yeah, to want to cash him. in. I'm not I'm giving I'm with you on this. I'm not giving that I'm guy a dime.
0: I want them to move on yeah. and, and identify guys that they think could be that guy. Correct. But I'm with you. I I don't add what I think if I'm going to if I'm going to go on the market and try and sign Holpie, for instance, sure. which I'm not going to do if I'm the wild, but let's say I did. Yeah. That needs to be at the end where I think, okay, this is the final piece. I just think it's time to move on. From this notion that uh, the stale Staylock combination can carry you, oh, no, it can't, because they can't. They can't. All right. Um, would you rather? Question two, and and we've addressed this in various ways, shapes, or and or form in the past couple of co- uh, podcasts, but not like this. And I think this has a chance of happening. And I'm struggling with how I feel about this a little bit more than I thought I would. I thought my answer would be cut and dry here. But as I came up with the question, it was a little bit more of a struggle than I expected. So I'm torn, Declan. Would you rather have Miko Koivu refreshed and ready to go? Play solid enough in the qualifying round and potentially into the playoffs to earn another very short-term contract at the age of 37, which he's at right now. Or just come out, look old, slow, and tired, and realize that he's not even worth bringing back to play uh, on the fourth line in 2020 2021, and ride off into the sunset.
1: Look, I, I don't wish ill will on players, and I don't wish people necessarily play poorly that are they're that playing for the team that I'm watching and or covering on. I don't wish for that. Sure. But I don't want anything to do with Miko Koivu coming back here. Like I, I want, I want to just close the chapter. Can we can, can we not just force out more chapters just because he's been here forever and we have to continue the show? It? It's like it's like a TV series, Judd. When they're just continuing it for the sake of it, even though for the first four or five years it was so great. But for the love of God, you got to keep it going because it cause that's how it's always been. No, so like it's friends. It, yes, it's friends. It's it's the Office. It's it shows that should have been just canceled three seasons prior, right? right. So. Look, I, I, if Koivu comes back and he plays well, fine. If Koivu comes back, comes back in the playoff series and he plays poorly, right. also, fine. I, I want to be able to move on, try to address another center, and I'm not, I don't want to be in the Chuck Fletcher camp who used to always do this, Judd, of signing bottom six guys to multi year contracts. I know Koivu's 37. He's probably looking at one to two year deals if he's on the open market. Sure. My point is just don't go down the path of extending Miko just because his name is Miko Koivu. I am absolutely
0: shocked that I struggled here. Like, yeah, I, I thought I, this would I be the most cut-and-dried Zolgad answer of all time. Here's where I struggle. And I, I think that you basically hit on this point, too, and I agree completely. If Miko Koivu's name was um, Eric Smith, and he was a fourth-line guy and was aging, and you said, you know what, though? He played pretty good on the fourth line in the playoffs. He was refreshed. I'd bring that guy back. The issue is what you just broached, though, and it's this. He's Miko Koivu. He is. You can't. And I'm tired of people saying captains don't matter. Captain, no, they do. They're guys, They're guys that certain guys definitely look to in locker rooms. They do matter. Now, we could argue how much. But the point is, if he was just a fourth-line guy and was aging but could come back, he might be fine there. But the issue is what goes with that name, what goes with that long-term history here, right? So I come down on I think it should be done, but I don't think it should be done because he is not a potentially productive fourth-line guy because I actually think he could be. Sure. I think it should be done why you just said, which is the history here and the fact that you need just in some ways like the goaltending decks, you need a fresh start here in certain areas kaprasov's coming along you're going to have some nice pieces your blue line's pretty damn good so i think if we're talking about for bill garen's sake the transition as quick as possible for the wild franchise to go from what the wild has been to what they should be within the next couple of years i think koivu has to be done but i'm shocked that i struggled but i Me actually too. did because i think there's two different conversations here one is the player on the ice who could probably be a potentially be pretty decent fourth-line guy. Yeah. Potentially. The other is the player and his name and all that goes with him, and I think it's time for that to end.
1: I agree with you, man. I, I it, It's time to hang it up. It's There's there's no point to just continuing something because that's how it's always been.
0: Same question, um, but a little bit different scenario, Dex, regarding center Eric Stahl. Okay, he is 35, and if he comes back and plays well, in the qualifying round and, and potentially into the playoffs, there's a very good chance that the Wild's going to say, you know, he still sort of got it, and could we get away with him being our top center in 2021? Um, could we, you know, could could he be top six for sure? But maybe, as he is right now, when play stopped, the top guy. If he comes back and looks old and tired, which he certainly did at times during the 2019-20 season, yeah. the Wild's going to be faced with what they really know, which is you have to find. It might not be a star player, but you have to find a more productive top-line center than you currently have. Would you rather have Stahl come back and look good and then try and fool themselves a little bit or just have him not play that great, look tired like he did at times during the season before play stopped, and have them say pretty much, you know what, he's going to replace Koivu as the fourth-line guy or maybe third-line guy, but, but probably fourth in two thousand twenty twenty one.
1: So again, this this one falls into the similar category that the dude Nick Staloc question happened where no matter what happens in this play-in series, if Stahl does play well or he's a, or he doesn't have his legs under him and he's, and he's a drag, I don't think Bill Guerin, a smart executive here, is going to go in and say, all right, Eric, we're going to now extend you. Oh, I, no,
0: I, no, no. I'm saying for next season just to bring him back on the depth chart. Right. You're, you're right about there. There's no extension.
1: He's under he's under contract through 2021, right. and and it's and look, Eric Stahl, in terms of the bargain, the production that he gave for these average annual value was one of the best, seriously, in, since the salary cap has been initiated. It, they got him for a, a steal when he left New York, and it, it, he's turned into a very good player, and he and he revitalized his entire career. He's a Hall of Famer, I think. Eric Stahl's a Hall of Famer. Is he first ballot? Maybe not, but he's a Hall of Fame player, Judd. He, he's one of the best, one, one a very very good player, but I don't think. How, no matter how Stahl plays, which I think is going to be very integral to how the Wild success, because he is, by default, their number one center. Absolutely. Um, I, I would like to see him play well, but I don't think what he'll be able to do will fool the Wild into extending him again. And I know he played that card pretty well two trade deadlines ago when he said, look, th- this trade deadline's got to me. It's gotten to me. I'm I, I I'm very vocal about it. And then he survives the trade deadline. Nixes is a trade, I believe it was, to Winnipeg. And then the very next day, gets a contract extension, right? So it was always very wonky. That was a Fenton thing that you know, we can go down numerous avenues on how crazy Fenton was. I, I, I think it's integral that if the Wild do play well, a lot of that's probably going to come through Eric Stahl. But I, I, don't, I don't think the Wild will be in a position where they'll be then getting into extension talks with him afterwards. I
0: agree completely. They're not going to extend him. Here's my concern. My concern is that he plays well enough to fool them into Uh them having him atop their center depth chart at the start of next season. And I don't want that. I actually think in my perfect world, Koivu leaves, Stahl replaces Koivu, fourth line or maybe third line, but not top six, and you need to go find centers, at least one, that can anchor that top line. So I'm not even concerned about extension talks, And Bill Guerin's not going to extend Stahl, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. What he he could do, though, is if Stahl played as well, they could say to themselves, well, you know what? He played pretty well. There's a chance that he could start training camp atop that first line, which I don't want. So ideal world to me, Koivu leads. Stahl replaces Koivu. Stahl's still around Mm -hmm. on the last year of that contract. But you have to go get a center who you think is going to be more productive and and I could see a scenario where if Stahl comes back, because when Stahl is healthy and play and, and fresh, he can play pretty well still. Yeah. But I don't think that that is a top six guy, and I sure don't think it's a top-line center type of guy. So I would much prefer that he comes back and doesn't look like garbage, but also doesn't give them any false sense of hope, not for an extension, but that he doesn't give them false sense of hope that he could open training camp as the top-line center.
1: So. I understand what now you're trying to say. And I agree that the wild need to figure out how they can get a young controllable center that can elevate the play of their young wingers. I'm with you on that. But as, as we know, as it's rhetorical, you know, those guys are hard to find. So if, and and with this awkward situation that the NHL is in with their salary cap potentially going down and COVID-19 and who knows if a regular season in 2021 ever even starts on time or starts at all, I don't want the Wild also to go in the summer and just, you know, Jack Eichel's potentially unhappy in Buffalo, right, Judd? As I, 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 I want I just
0: fired everybody yeah, yesterday.
1: I, I love Jack Eichel, and I would probably pay for the moon and the stars to get him. But do I want to do that right now? Do do I want to go and do the negotiations and try to find a Dylan Larkin or a Jack Eichel who I can pry away from a dying organization? At center, I would actually right now. I would, I would, I would do that now, it. way
0: above goaltender.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would put that in a higher list of goaltenders, but also the asking price might be crazy or not even realistic. So right. I I wouldn't be shocked if Stall plays well and, and they they tried they they tried to acquire someone. Maybe they signed someone trying to catch lightning in a bottle like they did with Stall. Maybe they try, but if they don't get that result, I won't be too upset that Eric Stahl goes into 2021 as your number one center, because I, I think this offseason is just very confusing and in a, in a very tumultuous time. It's, it's a good question, now. though. It's Be- a, guy, it doesn't count man, as a point, age. but it's a, it's a good question. Well, thank you very much. Yeah.
0: All right, I saved the toughest w- would-you-rather when it comes to the Wild on Judd's Hockey Show for last. Would you rather have the Wild get the number one overall pick in the NHL lottery, which means they get bounced in... The, in the qualifying round by the Canucks, or would you rather have them advance in this truncated format or or interesting, I should say, it's not necessarily truncated, interesting format to the Stanley Cup Finals? The prize being Alex Lafreniere, is, who is a winger, is an absolute stud and outstanding player. So there is a clear-cut number one pick here. So it's not just uh, it's a nice draft and the top picks might be an, a nice player. And oops, we took a bus. This kid looks like he is the real thing. So, again, I'm not saying win the Cup, but would you rather have the Wild come out of the Western Conference, Stanley Cup Finals representative for the
1: Western Conference?
0: Or or win the draft lottery because they lost in the qualifying round and then got fortune.
1: So I don't mean to poo-poo on your question, but isn't this not possible with the lottery system that they were implementing, where no, a team can't move up four spots? I looked this up. It's, it is possible. It's possible. Yes. yes. Okay.
0: The, the final thing they're doing these drawings, but I went through and looked at a couple stories yesterday because I thought the same thing. Yeah. And it looked and it would take some fortune. Yeah. But it looks <laughs> like it, it is possible that you could ascend to that topic. Okay.
1: So, I'm for them making the Cup. Um, I'm for them making the Cup because I think that, number one, will accelerate everything for the Minnesota Wild as a franchise. Right? They've, they haven't won a playoff series in five years. They have advanced the conference finals just once. They've never been to a Stanley Cup. Minnesota hasn't seen a Stanley Cup in 91, and I know in this situation, Judd, most likely there's going to be no fans in any potential Stanley Cup for this summer in this play-in tournament. I understand that. So, that buzz does take away a little bit, but... I think it'd be so beneficial for the Wild to go to the Stanley Cup because it was able to show it's not it's not a trick. It, they'd be able to show that oh my gosh we were so close and we just need X Y and Z pieces. And I think it accelerates that process of trying to get the the missing pieces that you need to get to the Stanley Cup. And yes, Lafreniere looks like a consensus number one should be a looks has the makings to be a stud in the NHL. I get it, but I'd rather see the team make the Stanley Cup. Roll the dice if they win it or lose. I don't really at that point. I don't really care because I, I think it would be able to it'd be great for the team. The young players showing that they could play in big moments, and I'd rather see them go to the Stanley Cup than get Lafreniere.
0: I have zero interest in seeing this team in the Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals. I think it, it, it would be a fluke. People would be rewarded who shouldn't be. Um, decisions would be made off of that that shouldn't be made. Uh, give me the number one stud draft pick every day. I've got Caprara Lafreniere. Um, I've got kids coming up that I like. I'm, I'm going to make changes. A Stanley Cup Finals run, I think, would be as counterproductive to this franchise as anything that could happen. Because if you think about the amount of of, of rewards that would come due to guys that, hey, they might have played well. I don't know. They clearly probably did. Give me the top pick. Every single time. And can you imagine? You've got this kid, Lafreniere. You've got Caprasov then. Like, you've got your wingers set. Um, if you can find a center, oh, boy. Your team your team could be really, really good for a really long time if you made the right moves off of that. Give me the top pick. So we disagree. Yeah, we do. Okay. Here's a uh, which player question. Okay. Who would you like to see the wild uh, trade this offseason among guys that they can realistically, so I'm not giving you Parisi, I'm not giving you Suter, among guys that they can realistically deal, a list that would include uh, include Dumba, Brodeen, Greenway, guys like that. Who would you, if you could deal one of those players, who would you most like to see them
1: deal? Okay, it's it's two. Can I say, can I give you two? Sure. Okay. Number one is Greenway. Because I've, I, and I feel like we haven't uh, brought up this topic in the last four or five months because uh, right. right when I was starting to broach the topic of bail on him is when COVID kind of hit and, you know, bigger things were being discussed then. I would get rid of Greenway. Um, I, I don't want to deal with this big guy, Charlie Coyle 2.0. He's still young enough that it's markable. Someone's going to take the, take the apple and bite on it. And I think you can actually get something as a complimentary piece in a trade to bring you something back in return. That is significant. So Jordan Greenway, I think, was probably my number one guy I would look to move because I think it's realistic, and you can get something back. Mm-hmm. Number two is Matt Dumba. Yeah, I, I, You know, I, I know Matt Dumba's a rarity, and he's, he's coming off a very down season, so in a way, his value is probably arguably at an all-time low. But if I have to pick between Brodine or Dumba at this point, Judd, I'm, I'm more leaning towards keeping Jonas Brodine around long-term than I am Matt Dumba. Um, and I, I just I can't afford to continue to pay for top four defensemen each of them at least 6 million per for the next four or five seasons which is the exact scenario the Wild are going to be in if they extend Brodein and keep Dumba for the duration of his contract. Right. So, I would look at Greenway as a one to move and I would look at Jonas uh, excuse me, Matt Dumba as the other one to move.
0: I've got one and and I don't want to trade this player but I think that this guy is so solid defensively that he might bring you back in a package a center that you really like. Yeah. It's Brodein. Yeah. Dumba's signed for a while. Trading Dumba, well, one, I think what you said is exactly right. I think his value based on how he played pre-COVID-19 is going to be depressed. Two is he has, as as we talked about on Judd's Hockey Show previously months ago, he has a skill set that if it comes to fruition makes him a very special defenseman. Hard to find. Brodine is incredibly solid, but the Wild pays defensemen already a lot. Their blue line is very solid, and they need to put together a package that is going to raise some eyebrows, but at least that gives you a shot at getting the center back that we're talking about, who can get, who can day one of training camp, be above stall. Um, again, he might not be a superstar, but he might be very solid and I'll take that. So I'm trading Brodeen, but I'm not trading Brodeen based on, on the fact that there's something wrong with Brodeen. I think his value is such that if a team feels like they have a chance to keep him and sign him, that could be a great get uh, for them. The question then, of course, goes back to what the cap, what's the cap going to be in 2021 and beyond? We don't know that. Um, All right. Which member, which player from the wild is most likely to win an NHL award beginning with next season? Clearly, there, I don't believe, is a player off of this year's team that has a shot in hell to win the uh, major awards that go around, Declan Goff. Who are you thinking has a chance to win a major award? for the 2021
1: season. So, obviously, I mean, if, if Kaprizov comes over, right, I mean, I think he'll be the Vegas odds-on favorite to win Caldeer. I, I think even over Calder, yep. there. Yeah, Calder, I called her. I really think he is. I think he'd be the rookie of the year, no doubt. If he's able to come over, yep. it'll probably be him in the number one overall pick. Uh-huh. The other one uh, that I, that intrigues me, and I'm not sure if he can do it, but if Kevin Fiala keeps up that 112-point pace shot, he's automatically in the Hart Trophy conversation, right? I mean, it, by default. You know by default, yep. he's in the MVP. He's yep. the NBA call. I don't think Kevin Fiala is going to be that 112 point guy that you know he was able to play over an eight week stretch. I know if you map out that over an 82 games, that's like 112 points, and that's dry sidle territory. And 100 point guys just are hard to come by in 2020 NHL now, Judd. But if if we're just talking predictions, and I don't look at goaltending as something that can happen. Nope. Um, you know the Masterson Trophy. You know you can. There's always that that that's more of off the ice and character issues that go into it. So I, I would look at that. The Calder Trophy would probably be Kaprasov. and if Kevin Fiala is truly who he is, then he's he's a Hart Trophy guy.
0: okay I, Kaprizov, I, I agree completely. In fact, I think that he has a very good chance. I had him written down. My second was, and I don't know if this would um, if this would have a chance next season, but I think eventually it might have, have a chance. How about Yule Eriksson-Eck for the Selkie Trophy? Ooh.
1: He's a pain in the
0: ass to play against. Yes. He's turned himself into a nice player. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who lights up the scoreboard. But I think as far as as his work against other top forwards, he's certainly learned a lot from Koivu. And Koivu was no question a Selkie type of player at one time. So Eriksson-Eck, at some point in time here, I think is going to, if he continues on the track that we saw, uh, before the work start or before the stoppage and play because of COVID-19, I think Eric Sinek has a chance to be a Selkie type of player. Uh, but I'm going to give you sort of a dark horse, but I think it might make sense. OK. Jared Spurgeon for the Norris. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. That's Jared exactly Spurgeon a good
0: one. is a I mean, he's a little guy, man, but he's good. And if you watch that guy consistently. He's not just great off offensively at times. I mean he's got that big shot. He does I, I shouldn't say great. He does some really good things. That's probably more fair, right? Yeah. Offensively. Great's yeah. probably too strong. But Jared Spurgeon defensively also does some really, really nice things. And this guy for his size and what he brings, incredibly solid. I think if Jared Spurgeon played for the Montreal Canadiens or on the East Coast, that that his name would at least creep into Norris trophy talk already. It doesn't seem to now but it probably should. And, and so if the Wild begins to turn things around here within the next couple of years and becomes a um, a stronger total franchise, starts to make regular playoff appearances again, things start to go right, I'm going Jared Spurgeon for the North, which would be off the charts. But I think there's a chance.
1: I, I also put Ekin, in possibly a Lady Bing trophy as well someone who i think he gets too too many he pisses you know, too many people off doesn't I, I, he i i saw that but he only took he only had 22 penalty minutes last year i i thought it feels the same like he's thing. going
0: to start getting more yeah and i
1: love that yeah no i i get that so maybe maybe there is a little bit more of the gentleman's play by the way i don't want the lady that's baby. great i don't it's, want the lady in my arena it's a lame why, trophy why
0: does hockey you know what it's vintage hockey i bro. accepted this though for years right i grew up watching the north stars i've loved the sport since i was probably 10 I always accepted the presence of the Lady Bing. How can a sport that allows fighting—the only sport that allows
1: fighting—how
0: yeah. can they have a trophy for the most
1: gentlemanly player <laughs> called the Lady Bing? Yeah, like it makes no sense. Oh, uh, it's vintage hockey, Judd. It's this is this is typical hockey. But like, why just did I accept
0: you. this? Why did I just think to myself, "Oh, of course, it's the Lady Bing," I like know. the Masterton I like. Yeah, you know, yeah. off the ice work, um, perseverance. It's a really solid trophy. It's sort sort of like football has the Walter Payton Man of the Year trophy, right? Yep. But, the I mean, think about if football had a gentlemanly award. This linebacker, he <laughs> he's a most gentlemanly hitter in the game. I mean, that's stupid. I agree. All right. Final portion. Judd's Hockey Show with the side of Declan. I'm going to run through the Eastern and then Western Conference qualifying series for you, Declan Goff. Yep. And just tell me who you want to win. So it might not even be who's going to win, just your preference, okay? Yeah, and we'll start in the Eastern Conference. The matchup is the number five Pittsburgh Penguins against the number twelve Montreal
1: Canadiens. Uh, Pittsburgh all day, mostly because I want that first round pick. <laughs> that's that's the biggest reason, and also it's Pittsburgh. Oh, good so point, Pittsburgh,
0: yep. Pittsburgh as well because unless Carey Price got red hot and could carry them, I want to see Crosby, I want to see Malkin, I want to see Gensel. Pittsburgh. Number six, Carolina versus um, 11th ranked New York Rangers. And by the way, during the course of the season, the Rangers won all four meetings.
1: Uh, Carolina, because they are a blast to watch. And I don't find anyone in in New York right now that I am glued in on. Like New, New York is, New York Rangers are classic hockey. If you think hockey, I think New York Rangers are one of the first franchises that come up. But I, I want Carolina. I think Carolina is such a fun team to watch. Because brother. They're a young team, and, and also your brother's my in Carolina. idiot brother lives down there, and I, I would like I would like to see Carolina. How can do
0: you sell? How can you sell my guy, the bread man, Artemi Panarin? Short.
1: Yeah, I love. The them. New York Rangers have some great talent. They're a I rising team.
0: Get rid of the Panthers, unless David Ayers is going to play goal for him, the Zamboni driver in Toronto. I want to see. Wow. The Rangers. Uh, Mika, is it Zabenajad? Yeah. He's a fantastic He's player. Does. Lundquist play goal. They've got three choices in goal. We disagree. I want to see it. the Rangers number eleven, New York Islanders against the number ten Florida Panthers. Who do you want to see win?
1: All oh, the Isles. I love the Isles. The Isles are probably one of my favorite teams to watch in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we saw Barzell come here what a couple months before, a month before great. Uh, co- the COVID hit, and he was great. I mean, he was worth the price of admission alone. Um, I love Johnny Tavares. Obviously, we got some good Minnesotans John there Tavares too. Tavares is in Toronto. My Excuse name. me, not John Tavares. Anders know. Lee and 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 oh yeah. And so, so there's definitely players there. I know Tavares, I was looking ahead at, at the next matchup, and I got too far ahead of me there. But I want the Islanders, man. Florida Panthers, ugh, no, barf. Okay, so Isles hockey is not across
0: the board fun now because it's Barry Trots. It's sort of, <laughs> at times, slow. Uh, I'm with you completely. Barzell is great. But, yeah, the Panthers bore me. Yeah. The Panthers, Joel Quenville, it, it might be fun to see him uh, the former Chicago coach have some success there. I do. I do think the Florida's got some nice parts. Islanders though, Barzell, I'm with you. Oh yeah. Number eight, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs against the number
1: nine Columbus Blue Jackets. This really is split. I know it's an eight and nine matchup, so they're very even. Um, obviously, you know Toronto being successful is probably good for the NHL. Yes. Um, but man, do do I love watching Tortorella in in playoff press conferences and just dissect teams and figure out ways to slow them down. So I'm pretty split on this, man. Um, But I'm going to have to give a slight edge to Columbus just for the pure fun factor of Tortorella. But hey, look, I'm not. I would not be upset if it's the Toronto Maple Leafs back in the playoffs. I go
0: Toronto because the Isles are are the team from the Eastern Conference that likes to slow things down. That I will take. I cannot go Islanders and. Blue Jackets. Yeah. I don't want to see hockey circuit 1996 <laughs> with Jacques Lemaire's devils trapping up and down uh, the ice. Come on. Toronto, Toronto. Plus, Toronto has great storylines. There's always drama there. It's a hockey mecca. I go Toronto. Okay. All right, Western Conference. This is actually. Oh, these are so much th- fun. This is actually a tough choice, I think. Really? 512. You're kidding. Do you want to see the Oilers or Blackhawks? I like the Blackhawks. I. <laughs> You're telling me. I know where I'm going to land. I know where I'm going to land. Go ahead. But I
1: like the Blackhawks. I like Tays. I like Kane. I, I Corey Crawford yeah, back and healthy. Look, all right. Okay. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I think the Minnesota Wild fans despise Chicago just because they kick their ass all the time. Okay. And, yeah, I, and I completely and North get stars that.
0: Didn't like them, but it's not the same. It's I don't. Same. And,
1: and look, I'm I you. I'm with I'm with you in the fact that I don't get Great as team. hung up on Chicago as a common hockey fan or a Wild fan does. Like it, 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 they're just a hockey team, man. Like I don't really get that. Put out of shape about it. I need Connor McDavid in the playoffs, Judd. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. So I need Edmonton to win this series. And I swear to God, if Chicago figures out a way to win it, I'm going to be livid, and so will the rest of the league.
0: Are you going to be livid? Yes, I'm going to be livid. I won't be livid. I won't be livid. But wow. I'm with you, Seidel, McDavid Rnh. But here's the problem. Yeah. Well, you got weird man crush on Ryan N- Nugent Hopkins. Here's the here's the problem. The Oilers' goaltending at times is so bad, and defensively. That I think the Blackhawks actually have a decent chance here, but I'm with you. As far as I have been saying for years now in watching McDavid play, it's a crime that Connor McDavid is not in the playoffs on uh, televisions throughout the United States all the time because this guy is good enough to make you watch hockey. So I'm with you. Here's my I don't know that I trust the Oilers, though. Defensively, goaltending, I don't know I trust them. I think the Blackhawks have a chance. I I personally would prefer that the Oilers win as well. Okay. Number six, Nashville Predators against the number 11,
1: Arizona Coyotes. You know my feelings towards the Nashville Predators, Judd. I picked them to finish last in the Central Division.
0: You were closer than I thought you would be.
1: Yeah. uh, I also think Arizona is a little fun to watch with Taylor Hall. I want to see what he can do in the playoffs. To me, this one's honestly a no-brainer. I want the upset. I want Arizona to to move on in the postseason. Do you really? Okay. Yeah, I really do. Give me Smashville.
0: Give me Uh, me – Nashville, you got a great defenseman there. You got the goaltending
1: situation
0: you there. See, you want to see
1: your guy Granlund thrive in the playoffs, huh?
0: I want to see great. yes, yeah. And you know what, Taylor Hall, screw him. The, the Coyotes, Phil Kessel, Phil, nice work, the Phil. the thrill. You know what, the, great, the greatest favor Phil Kessel did to the state of Minnesota <laughs> was blocking that atro- atrocious trade that Paul Fitton tried to make to trade Zucker to Pittsburgh, where he eventually did get traded but the return's good yeah. for Phil Kessel, who invoked his no-trade clause and then got sent to the Coyotes, where he's been eating hot dogs and he was terrible pre-COVID-19. Give me Smashville. Give okay. Me, the Predators. Um, number eight, Calgary against number nine, Winnipeg. This is a fun series.
1: This is very fun, yeah. Um, I lean towards Winnipeg because, I again, I think the offensive firepower there is just too much to be missing out on. I mean, you got... Do you like
0: the Jets more, though, too? like. Yeah, this first I do.
1: I, I I really do like the Jets an awful lot more. I know they definitely have some weaknesses in in, in the back end of, the, of their game, and if they have a very reliable defenseman, I think they're a complete hockey team. But if I'm looking at Line A and Connor and Shifley and Wheeler yeah. and Ehlers, I mean, I mean they, they are built so great on the top of their forwards. I mean, you would kill to have two of these guys in their top six, and they got five of them. You know, like, they are just stacked on offense. So I think Winnipeg is, is the team I want to see move on. Agreed. Jets
0: uh, up front and goaltending with uh, Hellenbach is really solid. I'd prefer to see the Jets. My question in this series is very simple. What do we get from Johnny Goudreau, though? Right. You know, he got taken out of the playoffs last year. Calgary had a great season in 2018-19. Goudreau basically got intimidated and slashed and was off his game in the playoffs. And this season he came back and was not nearly the same player. I'm very curious. if Johnny Goudreau comes back in the playoffs, in this qualifying run, I should say, and is not very good or effective, I wonder if Calgary's going to try it and move him. He's a great little player, and I think he definitely uh, has star potential. And Declan, he's shown that. But the flip side is, dude, if you disappear in the spring, you know, no good. Right. All right. So I'm, I'm with you, though. If I had a preference there, it's the Jets over the Flames.
1: Hey, I want to throw one random NHL question at you as it just popped Before in my Twitter feed. Canucks Wild? Okay. Oh, yeah, no, no. it's two Canucks Wild. Do the Canucks okay. Wild. It's completely Canucks Wild
0: yep. 7-10. 7-10 matchup.
1: Well, I want the Wild. I want, I want to see the Wild move on. And, and Vancouver's fun. Like, I wouldn't be completely crushed if, if Vancouver doesn't, um, if, if, Van, if Vancouver figures out a way to win. Like, I think yep. that they're a fun team to watch. They have a lot of offensive firepower, too. But I want the Wild. I want the Wild to move on.
0: I think I did a write that down prediction that the Wild would win this qualifying round if, if it gets played. But that being said, man, if I could get in that uh draft lottery and get some luck, which of course teams in this town, short of Carl Anthony Towns, don't do. Uh yeah. I'll go with you, but I'm I'm on the fence there, uh, just based on on that one thing. And the one and the one thing that concerns me about any Wild success is Decisions being made off of that because this is going to be. And, and I think Garrett's a smart guy, so I don't think that he's going to make a, a lot of key decisions based on how things go in this summer league. But that being said, I think things right now present themselves as fa- fairly cut and dry, yeah. and I don't want that to go away because so and so played well, or you know, two guys played well, or three guys played
1: well. All right, what's your question? Okay, I saw this come up on the NHL and NBC on Twitter right before, and I. I... This is a debate that people have had forever, and my hockey friends love to get into it with me. The great, the GOAT, great, excuse me, the great goalie debate. A lot of iteration there. The great goalie debate. Who is the GOAT? Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hashik, Martin Brodeur. I want Judd Zolgad's thought on which guy he would take. Who is the GOAT? Who is the GOAT of those three? Waugh, Hashik, or Brodeur? I have my answer. The eras, here's the problem yep. a little bit with that. It's the
0: eras in which they played and the style of play. Mari Brodeur is fantastic, but never forget the fact that he played in the heart. And Waw did, too, eventually, but don't, don't forget, Waw came up in the 80s. Uh, Brodeur played in the heart and for a team that perfected the trap, okay? So to take nothing away from a Hall of Fame career, uh, basically Brodeur played in the hockey equivalent of the dead puck era. Patrick Waugh did not. Patrick Waugh eventually played into that, but his career started at a different place. Hashik in his time is unbelievable. Literally, a time stood on his head. But if I was to pick the GOAT off the top of my head, I'm not looking at any statistics here, Mm -hmm. but just going from from what I think, I'd go Patrick Waugh. Okay. Patrick Waugh's the GOAT. I just can't get past the point, the fact that Broder played for a team that spent a long time basically trying to
1: de-emphasize
0: offense from the game
1: itself. Sure. I, I lean towards Hasek, and to me, it's, it's not close. I think, I think the peak, if you're asking me the peak greatness of these three, I think what Hasek was able to do from, what, like 92 to 98, what he did in a six, seven-year run was unlike any goaltender of all time. The problem with Hashik is he didn't have the long... Like, Brodeur and Raw played for, like, 25 bleeping years. And Hashik again, played right into the heart of the dead puck era. And, and then Hashik didn't really get his cup until the later Detroit years, which was he was still a above-average goalie, but by right. then he wasn't the elite goalie he was in Buffalo. He right. single-handedly dragged those Buffalo Sabres teams to Eastern Conference Finals in a, in, a, in a cup run. And if it wasn't for someone's foot being in the crease, he probably gets his Stanley Cup before then, right? So... Uh, to me, it's Hashik, man. I, I don't think it's even close. I think it's Hashik all day. But it, okay. but you're right that the eras and the different hockey fans have so many different opinions. I swear, this is the most, in my opinion, one of the most hot-button hockey goat debates. Like, you know, Le- LeBron and Kobe, uh, or LeBron and Michael is, is obviously the NBA one. Right. And, you know, Trout and Harper, or, or even Mike Trout and Babe Ruth, like, you're comparing different eras and all this crap. And hockey's the same way. And so and, yeah. it's basketball. So is all these sports, right? But I, I think the goalie one, it causes the biggest conundrum and the biggest split among all the hockey fans. But
0: I mean, you know, because because the game changed, because hockey went from the freewheeling 80s where it was crazy. And go back and watch those games. They're, they're certainly not as fast as the game is now, Declan, but go back and look at the pads on goaltenders. Their equipment was half the size. And so then then you get into the 90s and the equipment starts to bulk up and then because of expansion, teams start to trap because they can't score goals. And so the game slows down. So I think it's almost unfair. I think it's almost unfair in some ways. The Brodeur, Wa, Hasek, yes, they overlapped at times. But when Patrick Wa came up in Montreal, I mean, he was incredible. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I also, just to be clear, I don't think that there's a wrong answer here. I think that you could easily say, because Brodeur is great. Like, I would not sit, sit here and say, Marty Brodeur was not that good. He benefited from things, but he's still a great goaltender. Right. All right. We are uh, done. Back next week with another edition of Judd's Hockey Show with the side of Declan. We will make it up as we go along because I have no idea. Hopefully we'll (laughs) have some news of some sort, which we can discuss. But until then, Declan, we'll talk to you later.
1: Fast shoot score. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet.